0: Okay. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Glad you are here to another Wednesday live stream. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from Dan'sFish.com. I'll be your host for this evening. And today we're going to do a couple fun things. Um, we are going to do our normal fish geek out session where you all can ask questions and leave comments and, and we'll get a chat going, which is always fun. But also, we're going to do a giveaway. This is the third week in a row. We've done a giveaway. This will be the second week where we're doing it legally and correctly since we learned how to not do it the first week. Um, (laughs) And in just a moment, I'll show you guys and gals what it is that we are going to be giving away. And yes, Bob, we are on live chat. Thank you. I actually remembered before I went live this time. First time, I think. First time. But thank you, Bob. And please, please, always at the beginning of the stream, please ask me that. (laughs) Because when I forget, like last week, it's a disaster. So um, before we get into the uh, giveaway, and we're going to work it the same this week as we did last week. But before I do that, I want to share something with y'all which is, this is happening this weekend, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, the KOA Fish Fam Camping Trip in Billings, Montana. That's the stomping grounds of our beloved candy overhauls. Um, So if you go to this Facebook group, KOA Fish Fam Camping Trip, then you can see the details, 14th, 15th, 16th, at the KOA there, and ask questions and uh, get in touch with everyone at the event. So just want to put that out there. And look at this. This might not be exciting to all y'all, but to me, being from Wyoming, this is exciting. Look at the kind of weather we're going to be having this weekend. This is going to be awesome. So Saturday, 77 in the day and 50 at night. Sunday, 87 and 54. Monday, 84 and 52, which for Wyoming, there's no rain. There's no snow. Of course, it's going to start raining on Tuesday, but perfect weather for the camping trip. So if you can get to Billings, Montana, I would encourage you to take a gander, check it out, and uh, come join us if you can. Sunday night, we'll be doing a barbecue here at Dan's Fish at my house, and the fish room will be open. There'll be some giveaways and stuff i have some fruit fly cultures to give away i have a few fish to give away i have tons of water sprite to give away in fact i threw away another garbage can full today but don't worry there's plenty more a <laughs> bunch of java moss so it should be a fun time um yeah if you can make it to billings montana for the fish fam koa camping trip so that is is going to be the, uh, entry for the giveaway for today for the live stream. It'll be, if you want to win a group of Apicalycthe Spelachin from Majidoon, that's where they were collected in Nigeria, Magidun, Nigeria, then, um, it's enter in your comment, hashtag fish fam camping trip, and that will get you entered. We're doing it the same as last week. Um, skipper, is going to, Skippers Aquatics is going to help us out. Thank you, Thomas. Appreciate it. And keep track of the order in which they're entered. If you're the first person that says hashtag Fish Fam Camping Trip, then you'll be number one, second will be number two, and so forth. Thomas will occasionally, um, throughout the stream tonight, throw up in chat who is what number. Keep track of that. And uh, at the end, we'll do a random number generator to draw the winner like we did last week. Still have not found, and I'm, I'm starting to think it does not exist, software that can do a random contest winner from live stream comments as the live stream is live. Um, I've only found software that can do comments on a video once it's posted, do a random comment draw, but not live in a live stream. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Skippers Aquariums. Um, Sorry, I think I called you Skipper's Aquatics before. Skipper's Aquariums for uh, heading that up. We greatly appreciate it. And to my other mods that are here, thanks so much. Kaler's Aquatics. And I also saw 54 Punchy. Um, and yeah, we'll probably see candy overhauls later after Corey's done. I'm assuming Corey's still going. So that's what's going on. So let me show you and tell you about the fish that we're giving away today. And by the way, it's going to be a good sized group, probably at least a dozen Um maybe a few more okay so let me show them to you hang on i'm trying to find there it is so here they are this is a little video i took earlier today of them they're a lampeye. they're a little different than your average lamp eye. they get just a little bit bigger two two and a half inches would be huge but about two inches and i was trying in this video to get their glowing orange eyes they have this bright orange, like Halloween eyes, like jack-o'-lantern eyes. And it looks like it did come out in the video. There's some times when you can see them and they, they just glow. They're a nice shoaling fish. Most killifish don't need company. These do better in a group. So they're a great, um, instead of using like a tetra, say, or a danio as, as your shoaling fish in your aquarium, you can use these. So let's look at them underwater here. See, their eyes just kind of pop. But the thing that isn't showing on camera are the iridescent pearls on the sides of the males. The males are the ones with kind of the more extended anal and dorsal fins. And with the black barring down the back half of the body, um, the dark barring, I think that's about it for the video. Um, The females are pretty much plain brown. But the males actually have some nice pattern to them. They look pretty good in person in some really nice iridescence that you just don't get. This fish, I first became, oh, I'm still, here we go. Sorry. I first became aware of this fish when I was probably 14, 15 years old. And it was in this book, The Atlas of Killifish by Jorgen Scheel, like the first real ichthyologist to cross over into, into killifish hobby wrote this amazing book, tons of great pictures. there's a picture of Apicalyctes Spolachian in this book, which I saw as a kid and I I liked them. I always wanted them. And so I tried several times throughout the years to get some. I tried to import them for the first time, uh, I think when I was 16 years old. And what we got in, uh, I couldn't import directly at 16. So I had to go through a someone else and have them do it for me. And what we ended up getting in was rice fish, not Apoclyctes and even though they were listed as, as that lamp eye. Um, tried a couple other times over the years, could never get them. Finally got them. And I love them. I've never seen them in person before. So they're unique as Achille fish because they're, they're again, a grouping fish. They do well in a school or a shoal. And they have the same temperament as most of your shoaling fish, active um, not aggressive. They're super easy to breed. They lay very large eggs, very tough eggs. The fry that hatch out are quite big. And the one kind of challenge to raising the fry is they stick to the surface. They don't go down at all. So you have to feed foods that stay at the surface. You can feed, um, crumbled up flake and powdered foods, but microworms won't work because they sink the, the best I've found is baby brine shrimp and just put a little light up in the top of the tank, kind of shining in the corner at the top. That'll be, bring the baby brine shrimp up to the top and the, and the fish will eat them just fine. So really easy killifish to breed and to keep. Super hardy. They come from all kinds of habitats. Um, these come from Nigeria. They're, they've also been collected in Sierra Leone. Anything from really like brackish mangrove swamps in fact probably full seawater at times on up to freshwater habitats i've kept these for a long time in soft soft water that's what i have naturally here and they've done just fine they're eating they're breeding they're thriving so this is pretty much a bulletproof fish what they remind me of is okay let's look at this so this is apical like right? You notice these kind of dark stripes. This kind of shows the purling, although there's more of it than is showing up. It, it doesn't show the orange eye that we saw in the video very well, but that's okay. Now, now look at this. These are fundulus species I'm about to show you, which are from North America. Look how similar they are. You've got the barring, you've got kind of the purling going on. Um, so, in many ways, Apoclyctes splotchen, which is a lamp eye, is departing from the standard lamp I guess, that we see in Africa and kind of taking over the niche of these fundalists, these kind of brackish estuary environments and things like that, that a lot of the fundalists are in. And it kind of shows in their in the, in the how similar their body pattern and coloration and things is to a lot of these different fundalist species. So I don't know. I, I find that kind of like convergent evolution stuff just interesting. Um how organisms adapt similarly to similar pressures, right? So I don't know, I just thought that was cool. So that is the giveaway. So if you want to win a nice big group of a dozen or more Apoclyctes um, which uh, I don't think you'll ever have another chance to find. I've just, honestly, they're, they're super rare um, and easy to breed. So I think a great breeding project. Um, then enter the hashtag in a comment on the live stream fish fam camping trip because that's happening this weekend in Billings Montana and you'll be entered uh, skippers aquariums will keep track of all that stuff and we'll do the drawing at the end of the live stream to see who won if you win um, send me an email by noon tomorrow at dan at dans That's my email address, dan at dansfish.com, saying, hey, I'm so-and-so. I won the fish. Yes, I want them because I don't want to send them to someone who who can't actually take them or doesn't want them. And here's my mailing address. Um, Even if I already have your mailing address, make it easy on me. Just just send me your mailing address, please, so I don't have to go hunt for it. And that is how this contest will go. Um, All right. So let see, what else can I tell you about these guys? I think I kind of covered it. Yeah, they're, they're a really interesting lamp They're just different than most killifish, um, at least most African killifish. They, they totally remind me of the fundalus species. Um, I'm happy to say that so far this week, shipping report, so far this week, everything has arrived alive as far as I've heard. There's only one package that hasn't made it yet. All the other uh, boxes were delivered today. So everything I've heard is that things are going well. I I was nervous because it's just that time of year where it's like, do you put a heat pack in or not? Like most of you are probably like, what? It's hot. Like if you're from the south or something. But here in Wyoming, it's getting down to the 40s at night. And our high today was some, in the 60s, I think. Um And so it's like, oh, it's right that time. And so it's hard to know. Do you put a heat pack in just so they don't get too cold? But then they might get hot where they're going if there's a pack. So maybe you put in just a a pack that only lasts for a day or two just to get them out of Wyoming. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to make that decision. I went with no heat pack this week just because I found that if there's A slight chance that they would get too cold versus a slight chance they would get too warm. If those are your options, then if you opt for the little cold option, they'll usually do better. Fish getting too hot um, will kill them a lot more quickly than if they get a little cool. So I didn't put any in, but I did order a whole bunch of 72-hour heat packs. I've got a bunch of heat packs, 48 and 24-hour, I think. 36. I've got a lot of smaller ones up to 48 hours, but I was out of the bigger ones. So I've got a ton of 72-hour heat packs, and I'm trying the 96 hours. I got a, a big box of those as well. Um, I'm hoping that that will help uh, as it gets really cold, putting in those big old 96-hour heat packs. I'm a little nervous, though, because they do top out at like 150 degrees. I mean, they get warm. So... I'm going to run some tests. Um, The way I use them, they might not get that warm because I wrap them in paper and that slows the oxygen exchange rate, which makes them so they don't heat up as quick, but they last longer. So I think they'll be okay. But uh, they shipped out today. I should get them in a couple days and I'll start running some tests. What I don't know is this, like in a large box, they'll be fine. What I don't know is if in that little like uh, seven by seven by six inch shipping box, if that'll just get too hot with the 96 hour heat pack, because that thing's pretty big. And it weighs like eight ounce. It weighs like half a pound. It's going to add a lot of cost to shipping, but it might be worth it in the dead of winter. So I'm messing with those. I have tried the the uh, cryopacks, the 22 cryopacks. I liked them um for stability kind of in the summer but they didn't make that big of a difference so for the cost of like four bucks each or whatever um they just didn't make that much difference over a cool pack i found so this winter i'm trying something else 96 hour pack we'll see how it goes if anyone here uses the 96 hour pack and is familiar with it can you just let me know your experience did you have trouble with them getting the box too hot i know it's not that cold yet but pretty soon here um It's going to be chilly and I want to be ready. Um, So anyway, that's what's kind of going on. Besides the standard, I'm in fundraising mode, sending my business plan and my pitch deck out to uh, folks that have the means to invest, to help me scale the company, to build a big warehouse facility so I can change the number of species I can offer from 50 to about 350 and really make an impact. So... That's the other thing I've been working on a ton. In fact, I've got a lot of fish. i got a list on the website. I just haven't. Oh, I've got kythet danios. I've got cardinal tetras. I've got more turquoise guppies from that good strain that I had before. I've um, got some more from them um, and some other stuff, and it's just been too busy. So I'm trying to get to that. But I'm also, I'm not going to make a video of this or anything, but I'm going to take everything out of the fish room that's on the floor and like scrub and mop for this weekend so that the floor is clean for the fish fam camping trip. (laughs) So that's like my big goal. Uh, um, Last week, I reorganized the shed so all the shipping supplies are easy to find and organized. So when I need a large box, I can just go grab it and large styro liners, I can just go grab them. Um, This week, I'm really trying – to clean the floor in here. Because after a year of like working on it and every now and then you feed and you drop a little fish food or whatever, it's got a nice patina on it and it needs to be cleaned. So this is my excuse to do it. So that's kind of what's going on with me. Um, I'm probably not ordering fish this week just because of the um, everything that's going on with the camping trip and with the um, fundraising for the company but I plan next week to probably order some more fish and get some, some stuff in. So I've got a couple tanks that are running out of fish. Anyway, um, enough about me. Let's get to you and your questions and comments. If you have a question or comment for me, if you make it at Dan's fish, so it highlights, I'll get to it. And I remember to go into live chat, amazingly. So I'm going to start at the top and scroll down. By the way, to enter the contest or the giveaway for... Um, a dozen or more of those lamp eye killifish. If you just leave the hashtag in your comment, Fish Fam Camping Trip, because that's happening this weekend, then you'll be entered to win that. There's no need for any super chats or anything. I mean, they're always appreciated, but they're not required to enter the, um, the contest. And with that, we will scroll up. And see what's shaken, Maria Z, I got my order today. Everything came in perfect as always. Thank you for the extras. Maria Z, you're more than welcome. You're you're worth some extras. You're a great customer and a great member of this community. And I appreciate you as well. Thanks. I'm glad they made it. Hadley, is that Cape Breton? I think it's Cape Breton. Is it Breton or Breton? I'm going to go breton hadley cape breton great contest and always a thumbs up from cape breton nova scotia ah and many blessings and to you and your beautiful family well thank you hadley so much appreciate that I wonder what your weather's like if it's this cold here I-, I can imagine you're probably getting chilly although you've got that nice ocean to buffer you a little bit so maybe you're good hc aqua good to see you Small Fry Aquatics at Fish. Appreciate the weather report. However, how are the tides and surf in Montana? And if I can get there, please discuss umbrella drinks. <laughs> there is this funny t shirt that goes around that says Surf Wyoming. Um, yeah. Yeah, the tides and surf in Montana are non existent. So nothing to worry about there. I don't think there's – yeah, there's no lakes there big enough to really have – yeah, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. in fruit-free fruit drinks, plenty of those in Billings, Montana. Yep. Grassy Peak. The problem with most killifish is the pictures of them are taken with the flash from the side. We just don't light our tanks that way so the fish don't look like they're pictures. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. In fact, I mean pictures of fish in general are are – tricky right um i always try when i take a picture of a fish and i'm a horrible photographer but i try to get one that's the best representation of that fish but not a fake representation of that fish right like every now and then there'll be this beautiful picture of a fish and people seem to be like man i want 10 of those and i'll be like they don't look like that like like see that sand how it's like bright purple (laughs) this has totally been edited they don't look like that so yeah i got i got this um because i am trying to up my photography game so this is an old camera but a, a decent camera and it's good for a newbie like me it's got the flash so i can take this put it on top of the tank take the picture from up top, which is what I plan on doing. And I've been messing with this. I'm not very good yet, but I've got better shots than I did with the old cell phone for sure. So yeah, I'm trying to up my photography game um, with this Canon. I've got a, a friend here that does photography locally that I was like, man, how can I get into this? What's a good camera to kind of start with? And, and he, he got me hooked up. So hoping to, uh, to get better pictures. Cause I know my pictures are horrible. Ty Hunsicker. Hey Ty, $10 super chat. Thank you. I know Candy asked already, but I was, I was a chef. Should I make anything for Sunday? No, I'm providing everything for the out of towners, Ty. So thank you so much. But no, um, I think Sunday you guys are going to be off looking at the Sawtooth Mountains or something like that. So um, the goal is for you guys to go do that, and for me to have a nice meal for you ready when you show up. So you don't. So it's effortless for you guys. So we're trying to like make it nice for you guys to just show up and eat and not have to cook or anything. But I really appreciate the offer. Um, I've also put the. Uh, barbecue out for the local fish heads here in sheridan wyoming there's not a ton of us but there's a few um those folks can bring a side or something but the folks that are coming in especially for the camping trip now nah, i don't want you guys to have to do anything i want it to be super easy yeah spend your time yeah like nerding out and and getting to see the sights and all that stuff yeah i'll take care of some food but thank you i appreciate it and i, I can't wait to see you it's gonna be fun All right, filler I'm keeping the A. spolachian, apoclycthy and I got from you at temps in the 60s, and they seem to do fine. So for anyone interested, you don't need a heater at room temps. Awesome. That's great to know. It, do they spawn at that temperature? I am I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're like robust and happy, but I wonder at that temperature if they, if they actually spawn or if they need to be warmer to spawn. Mine are in the mid-70s and they're spawning like all the time. But I'm just curious. If they spawn at that temperature, that would be that'd be kind of amazing. But Bathyfilla, thanks for noting that. If you don't have a heater, that's fine. Sounds like Bathyfilla is keeping them in the 60s without any problems. Terrence Blayton, I made it! You did. Welcome. 87 watching. Hey, for this little stream, that is pretty good. Um, 86. Every time. Ha 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 without fail 85 Man, i gotta stop talking about how many people are watching every time i like glance down i'm like hey look how many people were watching it automatically like goes down 84 it it never fails um so hey if you like this stuff if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share like subscribe hit notification bells that would all be greatly appreciated how low can we go 82 <laughs> Man. Bob Kaler posting Dan at danSfish.com. Thank you so much. That is my email address. It's Aqua, Dan, what's the scientific name? Aplocalic the And Let me um let me show you. It's this. This right here. And these are location specific. These are from Magidune. Um is the place they were collected in Nigeria. Hello from down under Gavin. Welcome. 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 Glad you could make it. I would imagine it's bright and early in the morning there for you. Glad you could join us. Alrighty. Carrie yelling. Hey, water temp was 89.3 in the bags. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I think, I think I'll have to look at, Kind of the national weather trends. Sometimes everything heats up a bit. Sometimes it cools down a bit. But if next week is the same as this week, uh, 69 is fine. But it's getting close to, to wanting a heat pack in there for sure. So thanks, Kerry Yellen. I appreciate that info. So what that means is uh, after two days of travel, when Kerry Yellen opened the bag of fish that uh, from me, uh, I sent them Monday. They got them today. The Water temperature was 69.3. So just about 70 degrees. Once it gets much less than 70, um, they start getting a little nervous. Okay. Liz aquatics, 84 watchers, 30 likers. Come on, likers. How much effort is it? Smash that like button. The chubby guppy go with foil lined insulation, better heat protection. Yeah. Foil lined insulation is pretty good. Um, I mean, it needs heat to reflect in, though. So without uh, without a heat pack in there, I think will be it, it would be a limited utility, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's heat pack time. Just about it's it's right on that cusp. It's that it, this time of year in spring or where it gets tricky. It's like okay, to heat pack or not to heat pack, right? So yeah. Let's see here. Full Moon Aquatics, your packing system is awesome at dance fish. Thank you, Full Moon Aquatics. I'm glad you think so. And I mean, I know it is. (laughs) I mean, it's it's a strange passion, but shipping fish is a passion of mine. And I put a lot of years and a lot of effort into uh, testing different ways to do it and researching what happens in a bag and all that stuff and learning about chemical interactions and all that stuff. Um, so I can get a good system in place. And so thanks for noticing Full Moon Aquatics, because it takes a lot of effort to pack like that. And when people notice, it makes it a little more like, okay, that was worth it. And it's not me alone, by the way. Pistol Abbott, that guy, that guy's amazing. He's so great to have on the team. So Pistol, if you're listening, thanks. I appreciate all your help every week, packing all those fish properly. Ed's Picking up cichlids. It was 93 here north of Philly. Yeah. See, that's that's why it gets tricky. In my neck of the woods, it's like in the 40s at night. Where you're at, it's 93. Yeah. So do you put a heat pack in so they're warm here, but then they might get too hot there? It's, it's tricky. Yeah. I, I tend to check, by the way, before every order goes out, I check your zip code and I check the weather. And that kind of helps me know. So that helps me figure that out. So if it was just a little colder here this week, what I would have done if I was shipping to you, um, uh, Ed's picking up cichlids, is I probably would have put a heat pack in that would only last 24 hours or so, so that it would be warm here, but then the heat pack would be worn out by the time it got to you or be be, be winding down. By the way, um, often people will get a, a box from me and wonder, why is the heat pack cold? And often that's the reason. If you live in an area that's warmer than me, then I'll put in a heat pack just to get them out of my town, my area, but I don't want the heat pack still cooking when it gets to you. So I purposely put in heat packs sometimes that will burn out. And the other thing is sometimes I'll send two heat packs, a small one and a bigger one. And that's because the small one, excuse me, the small one will reach peak temperature before the big one reaches peak temperature. And so by putting two of different size in, the box retains a steady temperature over a longer period of time. Because this one comes, uh, how can I, let's see, where's the camera? Okay, here we go. So little one will go, it'll peak. I'm going off camera, this is so hard. It'll peak, it'll start going down, and as it's starting to go down, the other one will peak and start going. So one might be burned out or close to burning out by the time it gets to you and the other one's still cooking, that's all on purpose. I'm trying to keep the temperature in that box as steady as I can. So there's, it's not always what it seems if someone, uh, I'll notice often on unboxing videos and things, people feel the heat pack, and if it's still warm, they'll be like, hey, it's still warm. Um, sometimes you don't want it warm, so. Small fry Aquatics, my opinion on heat packs and shipping this week. No heat pack and lots of paper insulation. Where are you buying 96-hour packs? So I get mine from um, TSK Supply. And the reason is, is they're one state away from me. They're down in Utah. And so when I order from them, shipping's pretty cheap. And even when they ship like ground or whatever, the cheap method, they get here within two days usually. So that's why I use TSK. I also use AQPKG. Aquatic packaging, um, but I use them mostly for seven by seven by six insulation uh, kits to fit that size box and for region A uh, insulation boxes because TSK doesn't doesn't offer those or doesn't offer those in the, in the, in the way I, I prefer them. So I buy both from TSK supply and from AQ, AQPkg stands for Aquatic Packaging, packaging I think. com. Um, just depending on the thing, but these were from TSK Supply. Already, fish tube. I saw the video on packing. It looks like you seal the bag and then inject the oxygen. How is that possible to get the needle in when you seal the bag once already? So the first time I seal it, I don't seal it all the way to the edge. So that first seal I put on, I leave just I don't know let's call it a quarter inch on the edge that is not sealed so part of the bag is off the heating element when I seal it in that little slit that's still open I stick the uh, oxygen nozzle fill it up and then I can pinch that and pull it off without the air coming out and then I do a complete seal on the next seal so that first seal is not complete that's how that works L flower, one stars. Hit that like button. Dan deserves everyone. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to have to show this to my mother. She'd be so proud. (laughs) All right. 54 punchy and (laughs) jumped. First jump of the night. Don't worry. There'll be many more to come. If you're a jumping fan, there'll be more jumping. Hey, Lumpy Dog. Good to see you. Glad you made it. Lumby Dog in the house. Wow. It like jumped all the way. Here we go. Found it. 54 punchy. I will be sure to stomp through some mud before I go in. All right. All right. Just a Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't clean the floor. I forgot Pam was coming over. <laughs> There, there's some guests you clean the house for, and others where you're like, "Yeah, I should just wait till afterwards." <laughs> just kidding, fam. <laughs> of course, of course, I'm gonna clean it for you. <laughs> Viola hops a lot. Hey, Viola. Everyone here will end up having a fish store in their house with all the fish you will have available. Yeah, I hope so. That's the goal. Three times the number of tanks you have now equals world peace. Remember that. If you're having trouble in life and you only have 10 tanks, get 30. Solves all the problems. (laughs) Um, By the way, Viola, I hope that water sprite recovers. I have a question. For those that have gotten water sprite from me, um, and I'm not talking about like months ago, Uh, I mean like within the last month or two, I know that plants can often like die back a little bit during shipping and stuff, but then come back. I'm not a plant expert though. I shipped some water Sprite this week and I I got a comment uh, from one of the customers. It was like, man, that smells like a rotten cabbage. Um, I'm hoping it'll, if they rinse it off and stuff and put it back in, put it in the aquarium, that it'll revive. Um, but Is that been your experience? Folks that have gotten water Sprite from me. And in the way I'm shipping it is I'm putting it in um, damp paper towels, putting it in a plastic bag, and then just sealing that up, um, filling it with atmospheric air instead of pure oxygen because they're plants, and then sealing that and letting it, and sending it off. But I'm not a plant expert. So um, Viola, if you could let me know how those do, within a couple of weeks, hopefully they come back. That's my hope. But other folks that have already kind of gone through this recently with me, can you let me know if they survive and if they pop back up and and stuff like that? Because if I'm still in water Sprite and everyone's having a problem, then I want to know that so I can change or just be like, yeah, I should never sell plants <laughs> and take them off. <laughs> Maria Z, thank you again for my... My order, question, what's the name of the Tetra I got? The bag said SB. Those are the super blues. SB is super blue. Super blue carry Tetra. And hopefully that'll be evident in a couple days when they they color back up. They're like Mm -hmm. a deep blue, really pretty fish. SB is super blue. Kayla's Aquatics, reminder, if you want Dan to see your comment or question, type at Dan's Fish to highlight it. Yes, please. If I'm missing your question or comment, It's just because it's not highlighting for me and I tend to only read highlighted comments so that you all can chat among yourselves and have a good time. Um, And when I'm responding to questions and comments, I can get right to the ones that are meant for me as opposed just to the friendly banter back and forth that happens in a healthy chat. So thank you, Bob, for reminding everybody. Chewy LTD, outside the freshwater world, have you heard about ProBlue, a new multi-donor trust fund that will support healthy and productive oceans by tracking marine, pollute, marine pollution. I haven't heard of that one. Um, I'm aware of lots of different startups whose goal is to clean the ocean, to remove plastic, all, all kinds of organizations and efforts for that kind of stuff. But I haven't heard of Pro Blue. Michael Wentworth. Hey, Michael. With winter approaching, living in Wyoming, what precautions do you have in place and what is your contingency plan for powder outages with a big fish room? It's a good question. I should have a better contingency, which is I should have like a big generator on hand ready to go, but I don't. Um, Right now, my contingency is there's a place where I rent generators from on the regular. So if something happened... Go rent a generator. <laughs> That's and get there before everyone else does. That's my contingency. It's a horrible plan. Um, yeah, the, the truth is, I just don't have the spare scratch for a big enough generator to run everything right now. So, but I, I hope to get that soon. Now, in the in the facility, when I scale, I'll definitely have a backup generator in that for sure. But uh, I, I, I need one. I just don't have one. But honestly. Right now, even in the dead of winter, I've had the heater off for two days and the temperature was still in the mid 60s down here after two days. And it was cold outside. I mean, like Wyoming cold. Um, the room here is so well insulated and there's so much like water is just a great way to store heat. And so unless there's a power outage that lasts more than a couple days, um, i won't have a problem a couple days is no problem even in the dead of winter but it's a horrible plan and i should have a better one and i just don't yet michael ideally i'd have a big generator ready to go at any time that's what i should do killers aquatics reminder if you want okay okay sorry michael wentworth i was half expecting you to rock a breeding is pleasure t-shirt tonight you haven't got mine yet um but I saw that Ed got his. Ed posted a picture of his. Oh, let me show this. This is fun. Um, on the Facebook group, the Get Gills Facebook group. Let's see if I can find that real quick and show you. Ed styling in his breeding his pleasure. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. There it is. Breeding his pleasure. That was awesome. It looks like it turned out okay, too. I'm. Yeah. I think I like it. So I haven't got mine yet. As soon as it arrives, I'll be I'll be wearing it. Brian Nepple, with the care you put into importing, treating and shipping, what is your ideal process for customer acclim- customers acclimating and quarantining fish ordered from you? Okay. So here's the th- there's a couple things about this. Um I have customers that don't acclimate the fish they get from me. I have others that or or quarantine the fish they get from me. I have others that do. Um, It's always a risk if you don't quarantine. It's even a risk if you do. What I would say is an ideal thing is that quarantine happens even if it's not medicated. Quarantine doesn't imply medication. Quarantine is a period where you're apart from anything that you could harm and you're under observation. That's what quarantine is. So, What I would say is if you got fish from me, the ideal thing would be to have a separate tank. You could put them in and just observe them from me or anyone else for like a month, because that's going to be enough time for them to settle in, get to know your water and your food and everything. And really, if they're going to have a problem, it's probably going to manifest itself within a month. I know this is a little bit pie in the sky, But I think if you did that, um, it would just be a a huge security measure. If you have a big collection of fish or, or something like that, it's probably worth doing some kind of security measure like that. Now, I don't think that people that get fish from me necessarily need to treat them prophylactically with medications. I think that observing them is probably enough, but having the medications on hand in case they're necessary would be a good move. So I might prophylactically treat with like Ickex or something like that. That's pretty darn gentle on fish. It's gentle on biological systems. And um, Ick is just such a common thing that arises from the stress of shipping that why not? But in general, that's what I would do. I would just keep them apart for a month or so, um, observe them. And then if I saw a specific issue, treat it. Now even though I do, I mean, take all the care in the world I can to get the fish healthy and ready and, and, and everything. If, if there's something latent in the fish, it can manifest from the, sh- from the stress of shipping. So when I ship it to you, even though I've done everything to make the fish healthy and acclimated and stress-free, um, shipping is stressful. And so if it has something latent the stress of shipping could bring it out. So if you see anything, definitely treat it and be ready for that because there's no way to not stress a ship during shipping and stress just, you know, just like you and me, it's going to just lower our immune system um, a little bit, stress our immune system, make it not as effective. And then, and then we get colds and flus and all that. Fish are kind of the same. So just keep that in mind, no matter how, how healthy a fish appears on my end, once it's sent to you, you know, it could have an issue. So I'd be ready for that. So those are my thoughts. I would at least observe for a while, especially if you have like a big, beautiful aquarium with a bunch of fish that you've been, uh, you know, had for a long time and they're your babies and all that. Oh, please have a separate tank. Yeah, at least to observe. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, so Brian, those are my thoughts. We're at number fifty-one of entries, says Skipper's Aquariums. Awesome! So, if you would like to winter a group, winter to win a group of um, Lamp-Eye killifish, Applecalictes spalacchin from Magidune, the big orange-eyed um, just leave a hashtag in a comment, which is Fish Fam Camping Trip. And that will enter you to win and we'll draw you at the end of the live stream. All right. Thank you for the super chat. The Mac PNW generator fund safe, not sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I need a general, I, I know, I know I need one. They're expensive. They're just real expensive. And like, as I get this up and running, I'm, I'm, still on ramen wages really there's there's just not a bunch of spare money around to, <laughs> even though it's super necessary to buy a generator right now new mexico aquatics i have a moderately planted 29 gallon with 15 cherry shrimp three females two male cherry barbs ph 7.8 any tips on how to breed the barbs cherry barbs they're big full-bodied and beautiful from little Bobby. So the easiest way, in my opinion, to breed cherry barbs in a setup like that, let's see, it's planted. So you can have gravel and things. So here's the issue you're going to run into with plants and gravel. Um, the cherry barbs are kind of going to have lots of places to breed. So it's going to be harder to collect their eggs. What I would try is get a container like go to your 99 cent store and just buy like a a big cereal bowl or something like that. Something ceramic that sinks. Then if you can get a layer of marbles, put that in the bottom, two to three layers thick. So when the eggs fall down into the marbles, the the fish can't swim down and get them. If there's only one layer of marbles, sometimes they can get down there. Um, Or you can use really kind of, like big pea gravel, stuff like that. Then on top of that, I would put, if you have java moss, that's ideal. Put a clump of java moss on there um, that fills the rest of the bowl and put like a rock on it so it doesn't float out. That's ideal. If you don't have that, then you can use Easter grass if you can sink it with a, a rock or something, or you can use spawning mops. But the issue is, since you have plants in the tank, Like that works better in a bare bottom tank because even though they're like artificial, they're better than the bare bottom. If you have a planted tank, they might prefer to spawn in the plants than in a spawning mop or, you know, Easter grass or whatever. So if you can find like a moss, Java moss, that would be great. Something else you can do if you don't have Java moss is you can get long fiber sphagnum moss from your local like garden supply store. Rinse it out really well, but it's long fiber you can use that instead and fat I mean, the fish are already fat. They're probably spawning daily for you. Um, so what I would do is just put that in there and in a few days, take it out, check for eggs. I've, I've bred cherry barbs that way quite a bit, but always in bare bottom tanks. So that's the thing, getting them to spawn there versus in the nice places you have in a planted aquarium where you don't want them to spawn is going to be a little bit tricky so I hope that answers little bobby your question a larson a dance fish chicago was 65 last week and hit 90 today i know i keep changing my mind about pulling my summer tub yeah it's that time of year it's just yeah it's the tricky time of year when it's super cold i know what to do when it's super hot i know what to do when it's like cold hot cold hot cold hot Gets a little tricky. 103 watching. See, now it's 102 (laughs) every time. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here. Chewy LTD, what do you think about putting exotic species that are not native fish back into the hobby that are caught in the wild to help clear water of non-natives? Okay, let me digest this one, Chewy. What do you think about putting exotic species that are not native, that are not native fish, put back into the hobby that are caught in the wild to help clear water of non-natives? Oh, so if I'm in Florida and I catch an Oscar in a ditch, I have no problem keeping that fish in an aquarium. Or I catch Midas cichlids, yeah, that's great. Like, I actually wish that there was a business where what the people did, in Like this this business in Florida would go around and catch invasive species and then sell them to the pet trade. That would be awesome. You'd be removing invasive species and selling them to, I don't know, me in Wyoming. That fish ain't invasive in my Wyoming because it's gonna die in the winter, right? So I would love to see a business like that because that would help preserve the environment. It would make it so that the wild populations of I don't know, in this case I'm talking about Oscars, but could be anything that's in that's in Florida, um, are not affected like the Florida population is, but the population back in the Amazon isn't. Yeah. I think it's great. It's the same reason I love PE Mysis foods, Piscina Energetics Mysis foods, because the Mysis shrimp they're collecting are an invasive species. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I'd love to see a business that does that at scale, man. I got, a sorry. I got a, uh, hair in my nose. that's just tickling me like crazy. <laughs> Woo. If haven't tried spawning the spalachian yet, when I get my new rack up, I'm going to throw in a spawning mop and try to get some eggs. Cool. Cool. That sounds awesome. I wonder if I can show this real quick. Um, I have a mop with eggs in it right now, just a sec. So I was trying to pull these eggs uh, before the stream and I just didn't have a chance. But So this is a spawning mop. When, when I'm talking about that. This is just acrylic yarn that I bought at Walmart. It's like five bucks, something like that for a skein of this stuff. And I checked it earlier today, like a little bit before the live stream, when I was planning on collecting it, and there were a bunch of eggs in it. It's super dark right now because I had the live stream going, so I'm not seeing them. But I wanted to find one and show it to you because I thought that would be neat. But of course, in the dark here, super hard to see them. Oh, here's one. So this is what you're looking for. Um, so that's a killifish egg right there on that piece of yarn. Hopefully you can see it. It's probably not going to focus on it. Well, there we will. If I bring my face up, it kind of focuses on it. Um, and there's a bunch of them in here. They're, they're super hard to see right now because it's dark, but, um, yeah, I, I love doing that. I love pulling mops out of tanks and finding eggs. It's just, it never gets old. Great. Now I've dripped water all over. Hang on. I'm going to clear it off my desk here so I don't get it on my mouse and stuff. This is what old jackets are for. Drying up mop drips on your desk while you're live streaming. <laughs> all right. This is why one reason I like killifish and, and rainbows and blue eyes and other fish that are mop spawners so much is because they're super easy to breed. You throw in a mop, every now and then you pull it out, you pick eggs and you feel like a champion. <laughs> like you didn't do anything. You put in some yarn, right? But it makes it feel good. It's pretty awesome. So I love doing that. Gary's Aquatics, any ideas for a true freshwater puffer fish that won't outgrow my 55-gallon tank? Um, there's two. Uh, one is the Amazon puffer. Um, another one is the Shodeni puffer or the, uh, Congo spotted puffer, which there's a bunch of captive bred ones available right now by Preston John in, um, in Arizona and uh, Preston was selling them on, on AquaBid. Preston, if you're listening, I wish you'd sell them on, on get gills. I'd love to have you there, but I think he was shipping them also through the Cichlid Shack. So, excuse me, my throats. Mm. So that might be worth checking out as well. But the Congo Spotted Puffers that are captive bred by Preston John, that I mean, that's a no-brainer. They're pricey, but they're captive bred. We should support that. Then the Amazon Puffers are another one. You can do pea puffers as well. I guess those are the ones that would rise to the top of my list. In my experience, the Amazon puffers have been just, they get along great in the community. So um, that's, I guess, why my mind automatically goes to them. So those are three there, pea puffers, Amazon puffers, sometimes called South American puffers, and the um, Congo spotted puffer. Now... There are others too. There's the red-eye puffer that doesn't get too big. There's red-belly puffers. The, the issue is that those are common names that are applied to so many different species that you have to be a little bit careful because some will be a little vicious. Some will maybe get a little bigger than you want, all that. So if you're buying a red-eye puffer, that could be any uh, one of many different species. So there are some red-eye puffers that, that would do just fine in that size tank. Just have to have to make sure you're getting one you want. I don't know about Arrowhead puffers and things. I, I mean, I'm not a big puffer guy, but um, those might be okay. I, I'm not quite sure how big they get. By the way, I, the the granddaddy of puffer keepers is Art North. Art North is a, a legendary fish keeper um, in Southern California. I'll never forget going to his house, seeing his fish room, and it was just tank after tank after tank big old full-grown puffers, all kinds, all kinds of puffers. That was his thing. Oh, that was a cool fish room tour. So anyway, Gary's Aquatics, that's what I got for you. Other people here might keep puffers and have other ideas. Um, I don't think I would do a Fahaka in a 55. I I think I would go for those smaller species that we discussed. Okay. Um, Chewy LTD. Due to so many species of animals, not just fish, what do you think is the major cause or problem of reintroducing species back into the wild? And would it be wise to do due to aquarium pathogens? So I used to be of the opinion, which you hear all the time, that never release a fish into the wild. And and yes, you never do, right? You never take the fish you don't want and just go throw it in the river. No, no. But, But I'm talking about reintroduction. Like if Lake Victoria ever became clean again um, enough that it could support the cichlids that used to live there and they were extinct in the wild and so we needed to reintroduce would that work I used to think "Ooh, that's dangerous because all the pathogens and stuff that you're introducing that could be a big problem but then I heard an interview with Oh, I don't remember exactly who it was. I want to say Paul Loisel, but but it could have been someone else. But someone of that caliber. Um, or maybe it was even someone that was a, at a university, an ichthyologist. I can't remember. But it was on a podcast. It wasn't. Okay, let me find this podcast so I can share it with you. Just so that you guys can see this. Um, and this expert was asked that question. And his response was, yeah, I know that's the common thing you hear. But the truth is the chance of a pathogen that's released into a wild system actually becoming a problem in that system is almost nil. And so once I heard that, I was like, oh, maybe it's not as cut and dry as I think. Here it is. So um, the Aquarist podcast. No, no, it wasn't Randy. It was Aquarium Mania. That's what it was. This one, one of these on aquarium mania, this podcast. Um, and I don't remember which one it was, um, was the expert that dropped that. And that kind of blew my mind. And ever since I've heard that, I've wondered, well, maybe they can be reintroduced. I'm not an expert on it. I don't know, but that guy was way more expert Than me or any of the other people I've heard talk about it. So I tend to think now maybe it is possible. Now I know that there are ways to create a kind of biosecure area where you can raise fish and they can be pretty much pathogen free. If you take eggs and raise them completely separate from the parents in a different building and all that, then we could find a way to, if a species has an issue, uh, let's say dwarf gouramis. Were extinct in the wild and we wanted to reintroduce them and there was some you know university or program that knew how to do that um dwarf gouramis are notorious for this virus they carry well if there was a way to hatch the eggs and raise them in another building and get them virus free and do some histologies and things like that and verify that the population was virus free then maybe they could be reintroduced right i mean i my my opinion is that I can't believe that there isn't a scenario where someone wanted badly enough to reintroduce a species. And the thing that was keeping them from doing that was the fear of pathogens that, that a clean population could not be raised and reintroduced. I guess that's my thought. I think the, the question more than pathogens is once they have been in the aquarium for several generations, Um, are they even likely to survive again in the wild because they've changed once they're in the aquarium for a bit? Aqua Apprentice, how much do you think molm affects water parameters for raising fry in a bare bottom? Heard some leave it and others dread it. Aqua Apprentice, first of all, great to see you again. Welcome. It's been a minute. Molms never bothered me, um... And I've raised lots of fry on bare bottom aquariums, and the mulm doesn't bother me now. That being said, I'm changing large amounts of water daily, or sometimes more than daily, if it's just in like a little hatch box or first few days, right? If I didn't do that, then mold might become a problem. There's different kinds of molm though. There's mulm, which is almost like fresh fish poop, right? that's super bioactive that's breaking down and causing all kinds of pollutants and stuff but then there's mulm that is like old mulm. i don't know if it's inert but it's not nearly as bioactive as that it's like this kind of slow decomposition thing so it's the difference let's say between like um yeah like fresh steer manure and peat moss yes peat moss still breaks down but it releases a lot less nutrients and problem creating compounds than steer manure like if you're using in your garden right so that's how i would not all mom is created equal let's put it that way so if it's just like poop then yeah that needs to be cleaned out but if it's like old plant matter that's breaking down and, and stuff like that that's that's a different story so I guess that's my thoughts, Aqua Apprentice. Yeah, I think I think is such a – we say Molm, but Molm is such a wide variety of things, right? Yeah, all different kinds of Molm. Okay. Sorry, chat jumped on me, so I'm doing the, uh, the endless <laughs> scroll to find it okay there we go so here we go skippers aquariums i came home from town i fed my fish and i found endler fry well that's a good day that's why endlers are amazing because every now and then you do your thing it's just like hey babies i'm awesome (laughs) all right (laughs) guppies endlers stuff like that they're just we call them affirmation fish right they give you affirmation then there's the other ones that are super tricky and difficult, and they're the anti-affirmation fish. So every now and then it's just like, you know what? I just need to go get a platy or like an endler or something because I've been trying to keep this really rare thing and breed it and fail, 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 fail. Time for an endler. (laughs) Time to get an endler. Tree LTD. I would like to rec- remind you about the FishFam newsletter and SLC Aquatics. You can sign up for it and send articles through the website. Yes. For those unfamiliar, check out SLC Aquatics. I'm doing the FishFam newsletter. Bob Kaler, linking up where you can get a t-shirt. Thanks, Bob. Carrie Yellen, how do you sex the super blue Carrie Tetras? So the anipose fin, let me see if I can show you this, um, on the female turns bright orange. Let me see if I can find a good example of that. So this right here is a male. No orange on the anipose. Now, it's tricky, though, because some of the males can develop, like, some orange, yellowish orange. It's just not as bright as a female. Let's Okay, here's a female. Uh, see this orange here? That's not a super blue, but it's that kind of orange. Oh, I'm not sharing this at all, am I? Um, it's this kind of orange on the anniposte fin. Although this could be a male, when it's a female, usually it's a pretty solid. Okay, this is a male. Why are there maybe just the flashes and from these photos isn't allowing it to show. Jeez. Are there no pictures? that show the female's anipose fin? Okay, well, I'm not seeing it. Anything that's super clear, but um, this fin right here on a female will be bright orange. On a male, it'll be like a blue or a less bright orange. So That's the way to sex that fish. At least that's the best way I know. So it's the same as sexing a uh, normal carry Tetra because um, it's, it's the same, whether they're super blue or not, it's that, it's that orange fin. Eric Fab. Hi, I'm 15 years old. Awesome. And I love killifish, man. You're, 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 you're growing up like I did. I have a small fish room. I started by breeding guppies. Just got a pair of blue glaris. Any tips on breeding? If you have bred them before Eric It's like reliving my childhood reading your comment. That's awesome. That is amazing. Welcome. Welcome. You're on a smart path.
1: (laughs) Okay, so blue galaris
0: are super easy to breed. Um, If you put a pair in a bare bottom five and a half gallon tank, 10 gallon tank with a nice big spawning mop this is sunk so you don't put a cork in it right it's on the bottom you'll probably get a lot of eggs real quick Um, I would suggest doing that when you first get the fish because there's something about moving a pair of blue glares to a new aquarium that makes them want to spawn now the trick is that spawning mop needs to be big enough that a the eggs won't get eaten by the parents. So it's dense enough and big enough that the eggs are kind of buried deep in it so they don't just eat them all. And B, that the female can hide in there so she doesn't get beaten up by the male. You have to keep an eye on them. Some pairs, you never have a problem. Other pairs, one will get beat up. Usually it's the male beating up the female, but it can be vice versa. So that's kind of how to to get eggs. Now, another trick is to separate them for a week or so, feed them really heavily. The female will bulk up, then put them in like a bare bottom five and a half to 10 gallon aquarium with the spawning mop. Getting eggs is super easy. The tricky part can be hatching them. A lot of them tend to fungus. So I would start by using hydrogen. Well, I would start actually by using peat moss. Pick out the eggs, put them on peat moss, see if that works for you. If they all go white, that means they're they're fungacine, which generally means they're being killed by bacteria, but we call it fungicine. Um then what you might want to do is take the eggs, put them in a solution of you can try hydrogen peroxide mixed with water, you can try methylene blue. Um I can't remember if some folks even use formalin. I never did. You're 15, don't use formalin. Methylene blue hydrogen peroxide, maybe malkite green. Um, you can kind of soak them in a solution of that for a little bit, a day or two, and then move them to the peat moss. That can be helpful. Um, but the trick is to get them beyond the fungus stage to the hatching stage. Now, one reason sometimes that they fungus a lot is because sometimes the gametes don't transfer well in... Um, in hard alkaline water. So if you have really hard alkaline water, the fish can be super healthy, but sometimes get infertility problems. So if you try all this stuff and you have hard alkaline water and nothing's working, you might need to cut in some RO and make it like 50% reverse osmosis water, 50% your water in the breeding tank, put them in there, see if that solves the problem. If not, maybe try 75, 25, see if that solves the problem. If none of that works, then here's the fail-proof way. It's not fail-proof, but pretty much fail-proof way I found a breed Blue Golaris when I just couldn't get them to hatch any other, to work any other way. So I get a 10 gallon aquarium, I put some gravel in the bottom, plant it really well, lots of java moss, lots of water spray, just, just kind of full of plants. Throw a pair in there, leave them for a week, remove them, eventually fry will appear. So those are those are my, my thoughts on how to do that. Um in fact, it might be best to start with that kind of just natural tank with some gravel full of plants um, and get them going that way. Because it's easier to raise fry in a tank that's natural like that. But you get a lot more yield, you get a lot more fry if you kind of do it in the previous ways I discussed. They'll eat baby brine shrimp right away. And, I really would use baby brine shrimp. I don't think you're going to have good long-term results just using like powdered foods or flake foods or something. Um, baby brine shrimp just make a world of difference. They eat a ton. Some cherry shrimp in there to help them is not a bad thing. The cherry shrimp will eat excess food, keep the tank clean. I've even used cherry shrimp to kind of nurse eggs too. But those are those are probably that's probably enough to start with, Eric uh to go to go from there. By the way, if blue galaris are your first killifish and you try and it just doesn't work, nothing works, then try some fun little panchax gardeneri. Those are super easy to breed, super colorful. They're a great one to get your feet wet with. Blue Galaris um aren't necessarily super difficult, but um they're not as easy as Fundolopanchax Gardneri. So I would say if you try them, you're getting frustrated, nothing's working. Fundolopanchax Gardneri would be great. Aphiosimian Australi would be great. Any of the Bivs, a lot of the Chrome Aphiosimians would be good. But Gardneri, they're, to me, the best to start with. So, Eric, I'm super excited to hear that you're an fish. You're a man after my own heart. Keep us posted on how it goes, please. And you can email me anytime, dan at dansfish.com. If you have questions or whatever, happy to answer. Small fry Aquatics, the question on how to seal the bag for shipping. I did watch the video on point two five. Oh, slow mo is that what that means? Many times I've got it, but could you describe it for the others? Meaning the double seal very slowly. Um, so I think I did that, but I'll repeat it. So the first seal, you have a heat sealer. The heat sealer goes over um, to the edge. So you put a little bit of the bag over the edge so it's not sealed. So a little bit of the bag is off the heating element so the seal doesn't go all the way across the bag. Stick your air nozzle in there, fill it with air, pull the bag off, then seal the entire um, top of the bag. And that's how you do it. I think we probably covered that, but if there's still questions about that, um, let me know. Uh, post another question. I'll I'll go into it deeper. Maria Z, thank you at Dan's Fish. They are already showing a little. Cool. Cool. The uh, super blue Tetras are showing a little color. Yeah. In a few days, they're going to be this solid deep blue with a lot of iridescence. They really are an impressive impressive fish. And thank you to Michael Wilson for turning me on to that fish. Um, The reason I got them, I mean, check just, we're talking about these. Look how pretty they are, these super blue Emperor Tetras. The reason I got them is I had seen them on the list. So I knew I could get them, but often the fish on the list, they'll say like super blue and emperor red and all this stuff, but the fish themselves just aren't that impressive. So I'd never kind of dug into them, but then Michael Wilson got some and he sent me some pictures of his and I, I was like, oh my gosh, those really are beautiful. And so I got some. So Michael Wilson, thank you so much for turning me on to the super blue. Emperor cary Tetra, one of my new favorites. Fish tube have you seen any sunset line guppy females with almost rainbow tails I have some I'm breeding but aren't sure how rare they are I have not I've seen some um, with kind of an orange uh, or almost reddish margin I actually I can't remember if it's on the margin or closer closer to the caudal peduncle but um but if it's something beyond that then no I haven't Gary's Aquatics. Any ideas on True Puffer? Okay, already answered that one. True Ltd. Probably Pro Blue. Sorry, is done by the World's Bank and Queen. Release the commercial for it today, where they will be putting on a festival to help raise funds. Awesome, awesome. I hope it does some good. Our oceans can use help. Hadley Cape Brenton should try wind power for the future. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, or geothermal at least, right? Something like that. Yeah, I hope to be able to do something something like that in the near future. Ed's picking up cichlids. Thanks. Hey, you got it, Ed. I just made it to the MAC PNW. If you're wondering how far behind in the chat I am, that's how far. Uh, Michael Wentworth, open question to anyone with large fish rooms: What insurance policy do you have or have you considered to cover your fish room and its contents. So I actually did that. Um, I have an insurance policy covering this down here. And uh, I think I went to Allstate and said, hey, this is the value of everything I've got down there. What would it cost to cover it? And it wasn't much. I can't remember how much it was, but it's, I don't know, maybe it's 30 bucks a month or something. I can't remember. But yeah, I have that. I haven't had to use it yet, so I can't report on how effective it is, thank goodness. But yes, indeed. To LTD, I also find that people have problems acclimatizing pH and KH to some fish that come from South America and people should know about that factor too. Yeah, I I, I do temp and tank or, or plop and drop, some people call it. Um, I just make sure the temperatures, unless the bag's like in real bad shape, I take the time to make sure the temperatures kind of equalized and then I through a net and put them right in the tank. I think, I don't think the issue is so much like a shock. Like if you get the fish from one water type, net them out and put them in an aquarium of a different water type. I'm not sure that it's that, like that short-term shock thing that's a problem. I think it's more like a long-term thing. So it does take a week or two to kind of help a fish adjust to new water. Uh, a lot of that is just, for me anyway when I import fish putting them on antibiotics and things to help them to give their immune system an edge while the fish is learning about its new environment once it's like learned the tank and kind of settled in its stress level goes way down and at that point its immune system can more or less do its job and and that's the same I think for adjusting to different parameters it's a uh, that, that first week or two, just giving them help while their body adjusts to all that. And once it's adjusted, then then usually they're, they're good to go. So I don't think it's at the point of like the bag being open and the new fish being put in. I think it's a longer term issue than that. It's how do we help the fish recover from stress so then it's strong enough to deal with a different pH and KH or, or what have you. Um, is kind of what jumps into my mind, Chewy, when I when I read that. Gary's Aquatics, any ideas? Okay, I already got that one. Sorry, Gary, that it took me so long to get to it. And, and by the way, Gary and everyone else, that, that's just how it is on this stream. I, I, I don't keep up with the stream because I want to take real time with each question and comment to give the person a meaningful reply. And so that means I'm just never caught up. You know, I'm never at the end of the stream. So if you ask a question and I haven't got to it yet, I'm getting to it but you're always welcome to leave it again in case chat jumped on me and skipped and I, I like missed it. That's, that's not a problem. All caps though, bro. That's, that's a baller move. <laughs> Michael Wentworth on breeding egg scatterers like Tetras and barbs. Have you ever built a false bottom setup like Mike Mongi of extreme aquatics in your video of his fish room? I have, it wasn't like that. What I did was I took a plastic I don't think it's in here. A uh, Just like a plastic storage container, like a little plastic shoe box, uh, but maybe a little bigger sweater box, I suppose. Cut the bottom out, put a grate across that and floated that in the aquarium. So that was about five, six inches tall, that container. And then I would put like java moss in that. And so the fish would swim on that, lay their eggs and the eggs would fall down. So it wasn't like a permanent thing like Mike has. The nice thing about Mike's though, well, there's good things and bad things about Mike's, but the, but the thing I like most about the one Mike was doing was um, that permanent flow through that he has. So it's a very bioactive system. So there's going to be infusoria growing in it. It's a very stable environment. And so you can throw in a pair, get get the lots of eggs and stuff, and the babies are hatching into the system that's fully established, whereas and, – and you can do that with the thing I use too. You just put it in an established aquarium and it works fine. I think one of the problems we run into with egg scatterers or any fish actually is when we spawn them, uh, if we're going for high yield, we do it in artificial like containers. They're temporary usually and so they don't have the stability – that Mike system has, and that's the great advantage I think of Mike system. Plus that constant flow through that it has just from that filter. The that yeah, yep. So that's what I've done: uh, plastic shoe box or sweater box, cut out the bottom, put in a grate, put that in an aquarium, throw in the pair. Works pretty well too. Brian at Dancefish, my tank with those tiger guppies has camelinus worms. Major bummer. Also. I had on hand general cure and we'll have to get something better real quick. Yeah, so camelinus um, is very treatable. Just get levamisol. Okay, you can find levamisol. You can get it on Aquabid. Um, you can, I, I mean, Aquabid, sorry, maybe Aquabid. I was thinking Amazon. Um, I can find it on eBay in a jiffy here and show you what we're talking about. So this stuff is highly available. It's right here. All right. So it's, this is the brand name Prohibit, but it's levamisole hydrochloride. 23 bucks gets you more than you'll ever need. A quarter of a teaspoon of this stuff treats 100 gallons. Okay. It dissolves almost instantly in water. It's highly soluble. It's great. So, there's a couple brands of it, um, but yeah, get yourself some of that, put it in, and you'll see improvement very quickly. Do two or three rounds of that. So, put it in, wait three days, put in another dose, wait three days, put in another dose, do a 50% water change between each dose, and it should clean up real quick. Camelinus redworm is not something I feel to really fear because Lavamisol treats it so well. Now, the issue you can have is if you didn't catch it in time, a fish can be so damaged that the fish is going to die. Um, but if we catch it in time or prophylactically treat to prevent it, it's, it's very treatable. So so hope is not lost, Brian. Um, I've also read that flubendazole treats camelinus redworm, but I haven't tried it. So I get fish infrequently. The the Burmese clouded archer fish I get in, I always treat for um, Camelisa redworms because they almost always have them. And it's, Lavamisol works every time. So yeah, just get you some of that. No problem. I mean, unless the fish has been really damaged or it's gone on for a long time, then then there might not be any coming back from it. But the other fish in the system, in the system itself, can be treated with Lavamisol. And it's, by the way, it's not hard on the biological filter. I've never had it damage the ecosystem of an aquarium in any way. So I guess I have to put the caveat in that I'm not a veterinarian or a pharmacologist or anything like that. But just in my experience, it's always worked. Eric Fab, I'm 15 years old. Yes. Okay. I already got you, Eric. Real stinks. Wow. That a big egg. Yeah. Yep. That was from Applekylis panchax. So, um, let me show you that fish. These are really cool fish. They're, they're overlooked a lot. Um, these guys. So it's these guys. And I, I get why they're overlooked because the pictures look like this. This looks like a brown fish, right? And in the store, they're washed out. Um, they're actually really colorful. It's just my camera work is so bad that they don't look good, but yeah, I love pan panchecks. Easy fish to raise. Super hardy. Wait, Madfish Diva. We used to wear spawning mops on our drill team boots. Who knew learning to making them would come in handy for the hobby? <laughs> I love it. Only the Diva. I wear mops. <laughs> That's awesome. The diva will find a way to make fashion sense out of spawning mops. That's great. flower one stars. Will that mop work for quarries too? Absolutely. Although quarries often will just stick the eggs on the glass, no matter if you have mops in there or whatever. But yeah, they work for egg scatterers. They work for mop spawners. They work for, it's just an artificial plant. So think of an acrylic mop as an artificial plant. So any fish that needs a, a plant to stimulate spawning, a mop will generally work for them tm aquatics hashtag fish fam camping trip yes that enters you to win by the way a group of a dozen or more apple click the Spolachin, which is this amazing lamp eye super rare bright orange eyes really unique fish um, so for those that are joining us later to enter to win those just put a in the comments hashtag fish fam camping trip and you'll automatically be entered to win at the end of this live stream We'll draw the winner and I'll send you the fish for free, shipping included on Monday. Um, if you win, just, I need an email from you by noon tomorrow. Dan at dancefish.com is my email saying, hey, I'm so-and-so, I won the fish. Uh, please send them to this address. So I know who you are, that you want them and where to send them. Max, can't stay, but wanted to say, what's up? Okay, good night. Hey, good to see you, Max. Glad those chocolate gouramis are doing well for you. Um, hang on. Jumped on me. Yeah. This is the bane of live stream existence for me. It's when the chat just, just randomly goes, jumps all the way, way far from where you are. Kayla's unboxing. Love your unboxing vid from Dance fish today, Maria. Oh, I didn't see it. I will be checking that out. Thanks Bob for bringing that to my attention. New Mexico Aquatics, thank you for answering my cherry barb question. Maybe I will try them in a bare bottom tank. Great stream. Little Bobby. Hey, Little Bobby, you're welcome. And um, I think, you know, you'll, you'll cherry barbs, they're a great one to start with. If you're getting into egg scatterers, cherry barbs are a good choice to begin with. Michael Wentworth, throwing around some big names. If you could listen to any one fish-related person give a lecture and meet them in person, who would it be? You know what? Um, can it be a deceased person? Um, if it was a deceased person, then it, it would probably be, oh, I, I don't know if I should say this. Um, it'd probably be Herbert Axelrod just cause I want to know if he's actually as big a jerk as everyone says, <laughs> if it if not him, because that's kind of a shallow reason. I get that. Um, And and I have close friends that had, you know, bad experiences with him. So I believe it. But I just like to see what made that guy tick. Uh, I read all his books growing up and I didn't find out till later in life that, you know, he was kind of a his reputation was that he was kind of a real jerk. And I don't know. I just just like to see what makes him tick. But that's a shallow reason. So the real person I love to meet is William T. Ennis. I would just love to get a sense of what it was like being in the hobby at that time, um, what things were like, what the mindset was. So I, if we can go with a deceased person, it would be William T. Ennis. Jorgen Shields right up there, but William T. Ennis would probably be the guy. If it's a living person, Oh. I'm I'd have to think about that. It's probably not any like famous YouTuber or anyone even on YouTube. It's probably one of the the old dudes that that's been doing this forever. Um I've already met most of them though. Like I was gonna say Charlie Grimes, but I've already met Charlie. I was gonna say like Heiko Blair, but I've already met Heiko. Um someone who I haven't um Maybe Yap Jan de Grief. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'd love to meet Yap. I haven't met Yap yet, um, or, or I might have as a kid, but not in a meaningful way. I'm going to go with Yap. Yep, that's my answer. I've uh, been a lot of places, collected a lot of stuff, seen a lot of wild habitat. Uh, just, I bet the guy's a fountain of knowledge and seems like a nice guy, just a nice guy to have a drink with and chat with. That's who it would be. 2 Ltd. from what I have read, when they have been reintroduced, they have used facilities on site. Devil's Hole pupfish and the two cichlids in Malawi are two examples of that. Thoughts? Yeah, so Devil's Hole, like, so that's a little different. I was thinking like care species, like species that hobbyists or zoos are maintaining and then reintroduction. Devil's Hole was a different thing. They kind of never left the system. So they, they were taken out of Devil's Hole. And they weren't put in another facility with other fish like a hobbyist would have or something like a cares, a generally a cares fish would be in. They were putting their own thing, right. That was specially built for them. And it was, as I understand it, like separate from everything else. So I don't think that's really analogous. My answer to you, Chewy, was on like care systems where they're in hobbyist tanks Mm -hmm. um, and, and it been around other fish and, Store-bought fish and all, all kinds of stuff where there could be all kinds of different pathogens. But Devils Hole, I don't think they were introduced to like any new pathogens or anything because they were just taken from their site, moved to a specially built facility. Uh, kind of different ball game there. <laughs> Michael Wentworth at Skipper's Aquariums, coming home to Endler fry just proves that breeding is pleasure. That is true. Fish Tank Barn love affirmation fish yes taking endlers guppies and goodyids for bap and hatching breeders award program and hatching a group of clownfish tonight for the first time in a while well that's awesome i've never bred clownfish i think that that would be kind of cool it's kind of like breeding a cichlid right a little bit in behavior a substrate spawner monica lynn love endlers they're so happy yep affirmation fish Crappiest team. Did I say that? Crappiest team. <laughs> is, is that your gaming handle? Crappiest team. I want to join your raid. Which killifish gives the most eggs? I would like to try a growth project from eggs. Um, well, the ones that give the most eggs in the least amount of time are the annual species. Uh, think like Cynolibius, Astrolibius, uh, Nothobronchius, things like that. But those, those – lay a bunch of eggs in a short period of time because they don't live too long in nature. They're, they're built. They're, I don't know, evolved to do a lot in a very short amount of time. So they breed a ton real quick. Aside from that though, I would say fundalopanchax gardenerite. If you take a female and a male, you separate them for a week, feed them well, put them together. You can have a hundred or more eggs by the end of the day without any problem if they're a good size pair. sized so I would say that. And if you're new to killifish, I would, Fundalopanchax gardneri is a great one to start with, especially if you're looking for volume and breeding. Yeah, there's others that you can keep if you, if you aren't, like, I want big volumes of babies. Those are maybe the biggest volume, though, and the easiest to raise. Blue the same thing, but they're just a little harder to raise. So I would go Fundalopanchax gardneri. Kerry Yellen then it's the same way I've sexed the regular carry. Yes. Yep. By the way, how did I do, Carrie? Once they, once they color up for you, let me know how I did. <laughs> so one of the problems I have sexing fish for people sometimes is like I'll, I'll scoop them in a net and they immediately color down. And so I'm like, great. Are you male or female? Like it's, it's hard to sex them when they color down on you. Terence Blaine, are you a fan of green laser quarries? Just got some. Oh, yeah. Love them. I like the orange lasers. I like the green lasers. All those laser Aeneas forms are just fantastic and good for you. That's a neat pickup. Maria Z, will distilled water work the same as RO? Yeah, I mean, distilled water is something you can use in place of RO. If you're trying to soften your water, especially for breeding, um, but just even more than RO, uh, make sure you cut it with some actual tap water. Because distilled water is pretty much pure, well, more or less pure water, right? With no minerals or anything like that in it. I mean, there's a little bit of stuff, but pretty much. And fish don't come from that. There's always stuff in the water where they live. So, yep, distilled water can work. And Maria, I'm sure you already know this, but sometimes I say things just for people that are listening that might be kind of new to the hobby. I don't want them running out, buying a big bottle of distilled water, putting it in their tank and throwing their fish in you know, so that's why I say stuff like that. Sometimes I know you already know this. Probably 44 mad guy one. Hey Dan, just the African butterfly cichlids today. They came in great. They are quickly settling into their temporary tank. Always no orders when worries when ordering from you at dance fish. Hey mad guy. I'm glad to hear that. And I hope that winning streak continues. Um, I'm glad so far everything's arrived in great shape. I I dread the day when a, a repeat customer that's like, man, dance fish always do good. I dread the day when I send a box and something bad happens. I work real hard to make that not happen. But I know one of these days it will. And I'm just like, oh, every time I send a box, I'm like, not this time. (laughs) Right. But mad guy, I'm glad we made another one work. That's awesome. And by the way, butterfly, African butterfly cichlids, you cannot go wrong with that fish. Pretty, hardy, easy to breed peaceful and doesn't get too big they're amazing killers okay, aquatics at dance fish do those who have entered the giveaway need to be present to win um i don't think they need to be oh gosh yeah i don't want to like enslave people to the stream especially if it's going to go like 2 hours right that doesn't feel fair um i what do you guys think i maybe it is fair like i don't know could we get some comments below about that? I would like to know what you guys think. I haven't put a lot of thought into that. I'm going to go with no as long as I get the email by noon tomorrow. That's fine. But there's a little bit of a letdown when it's like, you're the winner and then they're not there, right? We've all been to that like fundraiser at the Lions Club or whatever. Where there's this thing, you're like, we're doing this raffle. It's this amazing thing. This artist took 50 years to sculpt this and now it's being raffled off and the winner is David and everyone looks around and like David's not there and it's just like, all right, well, we'll get that to David and it's just a big letdown. So I don't know if I want that either. I could use some help. I could hive mind. uh, Could you, could you let me know your thoughts below? I want to say for like the purposes of having a good show that maybe they should be present just cause it's a better show. And what we're doing, I mean, this is a show, right? It's, it's gotta be entertaining. So it's gotta be, mm, so maybe they should be, I'm going to go with yes, even though I don't like the idea of like making it so people have to watch the stream. That's not why I'm doing the giveaway, by the way, I'm not like doing it because then they'll watch for an hour and a half or two hours and my stats will go up. It's really not what's on my mind. Um, So I don't want to make that happen, but I don't want to have the moment where someone wins and it's just like, yeah, right? Let me know what you think, guys. I need some help with that. 113 watching. Hey, that's pretty cool. Okay, I am going to start turning up the gas on my responses to comments just so we aren't here all night. So we can finish up in, I don't know, probably about 15 minutes or so. Um, Dan Slee, hey, good to see you, Dan Slee. Okay. Sorry, your question, Skipper. Chattanooga, Chattanooga. Sorry, I'm rushing so fast. Chattanooga, Ed. Any tricks on getting rid of duckweed in a big tank? So, yes, you're gonna hate it. Um, the way I get rid of duckweed, oh, it sucks. But I, uh, <laughs> I pick it out, like one little thing at a time. Pick it out. That's what generally works. Now, there is another trick though. I did this recently. Recently, I got this type of duckweed I've never seen before, so much smaller than any duckweed I've ever seen, and it was impossible to like pick out. It was like, the I don't know, you take out a clump of it, and it was rough, it felt like sand. It was like floating little specks of green sand, weird stuff. I don't know what it was, but what I did, was I got out as much of it as I could. I removed all the fish from the aquarium because they were small. And then I removed the uh, pre-flow sponge from my outflow. That's why I removed the fish so they wouldn't swim into the outflow and be lost, right? So I have an overflow where water comes into the tank and then flows out of the tank through this three-inch, three-quarters of an inch pipe. I took the uh, sponge off that and that's at the surface of this pipe. And then I turned on the water and I scooped out everything I could, but then I just left that for a couple weeks like that. And eventually all the duckweed ended up down that pipe and I don't have it anymore. So that's one thing, but normal duckweed, I, I net out as much as I can and then I get freaking tweezers and I pick it out. (laughs) <laughs> I wish I knew a better way. And and yeah, you can use goldfish and all that, but they're always going to miss some. So that's kind of the same as like netting out as much as you can. There's still going to be some. You just got to pick out stuff manually. I mean, you could like darken the tank and you could do all that stuff, but, but that's not going to be good for the fish or the ecosystem in general. If you just cut light, suddenly that's a big change. For that system right so i scoop it out and then pick what i can't what i missed it sucks i've spent like days doing that before full moon aquatics thanks appreciate the helpful tips have a good night everyone all right good night full moon uh did chat jump it did okay we're getting close though hang on sorry like, can you guys hear that? My kids are like, all right. My kids are having fun upstairs. Sounds like they're drumming on the floor. Chewy, have you ever worked with any of the desert pupfish as they are on the cares list? Have you bred them and have you thought of bringing them in? So I personally haven't. I mean, I've done very, very tangential things on the side. Um, being a member of the AKA and working with what is it, the desert fish conservation people. Um, as a kid, we take trips out and just do... What would we do? Like counts of population counts and things like that. But I've never brought pupfish in and and bred them. No. I would like to, but I haven't. Chewy about Herbert Axelrod. Yes, he was a jerk. I met him with Rolf C. Hagen. And yes, I'd love to have talked with William Tienz. For me, I'd love to Jacques Cousteau. To meet Jacques Cousteau, yeah. All right. Ripping through these. The fish tank barn. Clownfish spawn in pots, but fry are small compared to freshwater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got that, that like plankton feeder thing that most saltwater fish have. Yeah, that's tricky. Grassy peak. Clownfish are easy to spawn. It's raising the fly that is an insanity fest. Yeah, yeah, yep. Tiny fish, undeveloped mouths, got to eat tiny little plankton. I hear you. Hey, of the Loriac Peterson. Good to see you. Fish tube. Have you ever tried sulfur as an antifungal? I heard it's a natural antifungal. I have not tried it. I don't know anything about it. Well, I know sulfa, which is, I believe, a sulfur compound, but just like plain old sulfur, never tried it. Don't know anything about doing that. Tree LTD. Yes, there has... Never been the case where they have taken them out of the aquariums, but have used wild stock besides Lake Malawi. That is the only time I've seen an aquarium fish done. Well, Um. OK, so there, what about the running river rainbow fish where they took a bunch of fish out? They kept them in captivity. They did genetic research to I mean, I think I know this story. I could be missing something. But they, they checked their DNA to make sure that they knew which ones were pure. And then they reintroduced them. So I think the Running River Rainbow Fish might be another one. Uh, crappy Esteem, thanks for the tips. You got it. Eric Fab, what is your email? Dan at DansFish.com. Monica Lynn, my LFS received spotted puffers by mistake and they are for sale. Any tips on tank setup and care? Yes. Check out Preston John's YouTube channel. Let me see if I can find it for you real quick. Um He's the guy, he's the man with this um I think so if you just on YouTube do like spotted congo puffer or the the scientific name which is what is it? Shodeni Um, you'll find Preston John's videos. He does the whole thing. He shows you how he keeps them. He shows you how he breeds them. He shows you how he raises the fry. So I'd I'd refer you to Preston for that information. I mean, I know the basics. I've kept not the Congo Spotted Puffer, but I've kept Amazon Puffers and things. I know basic Puffer care, but Preston's the man. That's where I would refer you. Maria Z, your packing and shipping are top-notch. Thanks, Maria. I try hard. But I know one day something's going to go wrong and I dread the day, Maria, when I send you a box and I packed it and done everything I can and something goes wrong. Uh, It's just always in the it's just uh, it's just always in the back of my mind and I'm always working hard to make it not happen. But one day it will. It's just statistics. Michael Wentworth, I lean towards present to win so people don't poke their head in bail out just to try to win without participating. Okay, thank you for the feedback. More fun when they're here. Must be present to win. Don't make me stay up. I'm tired and need to shower, says Aqua Apprentice. Dave, Dave's not here. What did I? Yeah, I think I'm going to go. Okay, let's for now. Yes, you need to be present to win. Let's say that. And we're going to draw this pretty soon here, by the way. So, um, yeah. So get in here because I think we're just about to reach the bottom of the chat and then we'll draw. New Mexico Aquatics, not fair. What if someone has an emergency, kids on call? Yeah, it's not fair, but life's not fair, and no one's paying to enter this. So, if life happens, that's just that. Yeah. Yes, present to win says Eds and and little Bobby. I'm not. I don't mean to be insensitive about that. It's just if it was like people were paying money to win, that would be different. Then they'd have more rights. But when it's just like a free giveaway with. All you have to do is type in a hashtag to win. That's yeah. You didn't lose anything. Like no one's entitled then to anything because they didn't put anything in really. Monetarily, you know, maybe something I could do, though, is make sure maybe I should just make sure I ended a standard time. Like, let me think about that so that people kind of know when it's going to wrap up. That's maybe that's maybe the solution. Um, I'll probably contact my mods uh, in a day or two and be like, hey, what do you think? Is it hour and a half? Is it 8.30 when we end? Is it 8.45? And like maybe we choose an end time and just stick to it. Maybe it's time to do that. I haven't done that before just because, you know, we were small. And so sometimes a live stream might be... You know, 40 minutes and you never had to set an end time. But now that we're a little bigger and the live streams tend to go longer, maybe we set an end time. I think that'll be the solution. Um, So that should take care of everyone. So New Mexico Aquatics, that way people know when it's going to end and they can come back a few minutes before it ends if they had to go do something. Yeah, because I really am not trying to keep people trapped in for views. That's not the goal with the contest. It's to make it more fun and get more people participating. It's not to trap people here. Because Aquatics, I think those who enter should be present. Otherwise, one can enter, stay one minute and leave. We are working a lot as mods to help people sign up. Skipper listing them, etc. We want a winner. Okay, yeah. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Skipper's Aquariums, I'd have to say I agree with Bob, but it's your call. Grassy peak Jordanella, are pupfish. Yep, that's true. The Florida flagfish is a pupfish. Monica Lynn, uh, I mean, just when people say pupfish, though, they're generally not thinking of that one. Monica Lynn, thank you. You're welcome. Real Stanks, best first fry food for betta fry, infusoria or rotifers. Hands down. Yep. Live tiny foods. Not baby brine shrimp. Those are too big. But infusoria or rotifers. Or both. Sakana Katana, great to see you, Sakana. What would be good tank mates for killifish that you're giving away? Oh, they can go with lots of things. Um, I have them in with swordtails and pelvic acromis. Um, Honestly, I think they'd be okay with most things. They are peaceful, but they're pretty quick to the food, so they're not going to be outcompeted competed easily. In fact, the only danger might be that they're so quick to the food that they might outcompete really slow species. Like, I wouldn't keep chocolate gouramis with them because they'd probably outcompete the chocolate gouramis and fish like that that are slow feeders. But almost everything they'd be okay with. I haven't tried them with guppies. I'm not sure if they would nip fins, like long flowing tail fins that some guppies or some like half moon bettas and things have. Um, so I don't know that. But besides not knowing that, and they might be just fine with them. I just don't know. I haven't kept them with those kinds of fish. But I, I think they can go with almost anything. So think of them, I guess, same kind of personality um, as maybe a tetra, a standard. Well, some tetras are vicious little buggers. Um, is like an emperor tetra, say like a carry tetra. And same kind of speed to the food and all that. So if it can live well with an emperor carry tetra, it can probably live just fine with apple click the splotchen but that's a good question i should have gone over that earlier winner winner chicken dinner all right we're getting there we're real close mad guy skippers aquariums so if your number is drawn and skipper says who you are type that you are here yeah if you win say yay or that's me or something yep new mexico aquatics i am present i am so present says little bobby <laughs> i hear you yeah so what we'll do is we'll draw the winner we'll like set a timer for a minute or so. And if no one has said, hey, that's me, then we'll draw the next winner. Something like that. Alien World Aquatics, thank you for giving us a chance to win some fish. It does make it more fun. Good, that's the goal. Always appreciate and enjoy your live streams. Well, thanks, Alien World Aquatics. Appreciate you being here. And I'm glad to hear that it's worth it because if it doesn't make it more fun, then it's like I could... Save the money on the fish and the shipping. (laughs) Wichita Falls, thank you for providing excellent lurker material while I do my water changes. You got it. I'm a lurker too, man. Respect. The Mac PNW, thanks for another great stream. We look forward to Wednesday with Dan and the Fish Fam to get us over hump day. Glad to be that person. Okay. So it is time. We've reached the bottom of the chat. And so we are going to go ahead and draw the winner. Um, Let me get my random number generator here. And Skipper, if you could chime in, let me know if you're ready and how many entries we have. So I know what parameters to set on this number generator. That would be awesome. Skipper's aquariums, 87. Oh, okay. He's putting out the last ones. Thank you, Skipper. We'll just wait a minute till we get the last numbers. So Skipper, let me know when you're ready and what the total number of entries are, and then I'll go there. righty, getting close. Hey, SLC Aquatics. Hey, Susan, welcome. Um, Chewy is your champion, always shouting out your Fish Fam newsletter. So anyone that wants that, Susan from SLC Aquatics has that on her website. Go check it out. Go sign up. Skipper's Aquariums. He's ready. I am ready. Total is 91. Okay. So we're going to draw that 91. And we're going to generate that. Remember, um, if you win, please chime in and say, hey, that's me. So we know that you're here and that you win. And if we don't hear from you within a minute or so, we'll draw the next winner. But here we go. Everybody ready? Let's do it. Number 28. Whoever is number 28, you are the winner. Congratulations. Please confirm that you got this. It's uh, 850. So in a minute or so, we'll move on. If number, what was that? 28 doesn't chime in, but that's pretty awesome. 12 or more these Spilachin. 54 Punchy. Yeah, I'm a loser. Yeah, but 54 Punchy. I've got some awesome dwarf emerald rasboras waiting for you when you come this weekend. And uh, some Empire Gudgeons waiting for you. So yeah, this time, but yeah. The winner is Mr. Sandevils. All right, Mr. Sandevils, if you're here, please chime in and we'll get you the fish. If not, we'll give it one more minute. At 8.52, we'll choose another winner. Let's see. Hopefully they're here. If anyone knows Mr. Sandevils, (laughs) send them a message. (laughs) All right. Looks like might not be here (laughs) and picking up cyclists figures. I'm 29 and I wore my shirt and everything. That's funny. That reminds me of there's this play where this lady comes for her date. And it doesn't go well. And at the end of the date, she's leaving. She goes, man, I shaved my legs for this. (laughs) I wore my t-shirt for this. (laughs) All right. We're getting close to choosing someone else. See that letdown? Yeah. You just don't want that. While, while we're, well, I'll draw one more and then I'll tell you my thought if we need to. Oh, I see the winner. They're here. Alright, hang on. I'll wait just a minute more then. Skip my shower for this, says Aqua Apprentice. Aqua Apprentice, word on the street as you skip your shower on the regular. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Alright. Did someone say they saw Mr. Sand Evil? Okay, I'm about to I'm about to draw another winner. Let's do that. Okay. I'm going to draw another winner. Sorry, Mr. Sandevil. It is time to move on. Here we are. Next one. 52. Who is number 52? Hopefully you're here. Yeah. And, and folks, I mean, this is our second time doing this. We're working out the bugs. It's going to get smoother as we go. Things like, do they have to be here or not? Like, I, I hadn't even really thought of that. So these questions will get answered and it'll get, um, it'll get figured out. Who is number 52? Let's see. Let's see if they're here. <laughs> the new winner is Jake Folks. All right, Jake, are you here? Come on in, Jake Folks. Hopefully you're here. Maybe this is a bigger letdown calling names and not pe- having people here. That's uh that's no fun. But we'll try it a couple times if if in a couple weeks it's like, "Oh, that's just a bummer every time, then we'll switch it. I'm, I'm literally going to set a timer though. Hang on. Let me set a timer. Okay. So I'm going to set this timer for a minute. One minute. Well, I'll do a minute and 30 seconds. Cause there's a little lag. Here we go. Setting the timer. 52 Jake folks, you here? Oh man, that's gonna be a loud timer when it goes off. Oh, I can control the volume here, there we go. Not so much. Okay, so while we're waiting, um, I have a question, which is, what do you guys think about setting like a hard end time? What if we end at 8.30? I was gonna talk to the mods about this, but since, since um, we're waiting, might as well have the conversation with everyone. Caleb Aquatics, can I enter? I think it's kind of shut down already, Caleb Aquatics, sorry. Um, What do you think? Should we put a hard end time? And if so, is 8.30 that time? That's an hour and a half. That's probably good, right? Or should we go with 8.45? Should we go with 9 o'clock? What do you guys think? 8.30 works for Michael Brandle. Michael Wentworth, I think if we set a set time and draw that time – Then the stream can run later if it's busy, but at least people know what... Yeah, okay, there you go. So we draw at 8.30. That's good. And it could keep going, right? I mean, if there's still a bunch of questions, then we could keep going. I like that. So from now on, we'll draw at 8.30. Um, We can still keep going if there's more questions, but we'll do the drawing at 8.30 and then uh, move on from there. That's good. Then people aren't like... Yeah, then the winner will know when to be here, but they won't be, like, stuck watching a stream for an hour and a half if if they've got something to do in the meantime. Yeah, okay. All right, next one. This is, this is weird this week. Okay, I did not see that claimed. Hopefully this person's here. Let me get a confirmation. Skipper's Aquariums, that has not been claimed, right? I did not see it come in. Let me just make sure before I draw another one that I didn't miss someone claiming it. I don't think I did, but I want to double check. Jackie from the UK, well, welcome. (laughs) He's not in the chat. Okay, here we go. Number 59, please be in the chat, number 59, and you have a minute and 30 seconds to claim your prize. All right, who is number 59? All right. Sorry. Learning as I go, folks. Learning as I go. What's this done to our views? We're up to 125. Okay. Okay. All right. Small fry. I don't remember who won the first one, but they weren't here to claim the prize. So yeah. All right. Dang it. You skipped me. Sorry. Not Nola Jane. Sorry. Oh, not Nola Jane. Fish Rich. We have a scene in Wyoming. Cash, what is it? Land rich but cash poor, cash poor but fish rich. That's me. <laughs> Skipper's aquariums. The winner is at Tofu L, at Tofu at Tofu L. All right, at Tofu L. Hopefully you're here. Got thirty more seconds for you to chime in. Come on in, please be here, <laughs> man. We. We're, don't make us be here all night, Tufuel. Come on. Got to go tucking my kids. People have to sleep. Aqua Apprentice definitely needs to shower. Come on. He's here. All right. All right. We'll hang out then. That's great. Okay, great. Great, great, great. T- tufu Welcome. Glad you got it. Thanks for being here to claim it. There you are. Yeah, that's me. Awesome. So t- what is that? Tufi, Tufue, Tufue, sorry. Congratulations. Thank you for being here so we didn't have to go through this again. Please email me dan at dancefish.com by noon tomorrow. Um, Let me know, hey, I'm so-and-so. I won those killifish. Here's my address so I know where to send them and that you want them. And, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, so couple things next week we'll do the winner at 8 30 and you have to be here to win all right thanks everybody i want to thank my mods um thanks so much for helping out and keeping this all wrangled skippers aquariums thanks for uh i know that's got to be a ton of work to keep track of all that so i really appreciate it by the way skippers Aquari- aquarium Scalers aquatics uh, 54 punchy all y'all please feel free to enter um just because you're mods, I don't think you should not be able to enter and win, and you know that's a way you can be thanked for all your hard work on this. Anyway, we'll do this a couple more weeks, and then I'll, I'll get your feedback on if people like this, if it's like, yay, we, we enjoy this. That'll give me some numbers to see on analytics, see if there's more engagement, um, see if people, yeah, are having fun. But anyway, what time, 8:30, Eastern Standard Time? Oh man! Is all of those details. Yeah, 8.30 Mountain Time. So an hour and a half after the stream starts is when we'll pick the winner. Bob pointing out the edge cases. <laughs> all right. Anyway, thanks for the super chats. Thanks for the chat. Thanks for the good time. Appreciate you all. I'm going to go tuck my kids in now and send a bunch of cool lamp eyes out on Monday. All right. Until next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Have a good night, everyone. Appreciate you. Bye-bye.